Welcome to Burn. I'm Reese Black, and it is time to be a candle and burn with the Spirit of God. It is time to fully embrace intimacy and oneness with the Holy Spirit. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Burn. I'm really excited to share with you. This is an interview that was actually recorded back in June of 2020. Uh, In it, I'm talking about two keys to developing intimacy with God. This was originally recorded for a family member of mine's podcast, so I wanted to air it here on my podcast as well. And this interview is really special to me because my wife is the one that's interviewing me, and we even talk a little bit about our wedding and, and planning a wedding during the COVID pandemic, which upset the original large wedding we were gonna have and then having to scale it back. And there was just some really cool stuff that God was doing during that time in our, in our hearts and some stuff that he was working out personally leading up to the wedding and our engagement period. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. And always, thanks for listening. This book I just published, um, it's called uh, Out of the Shadows, A Journey into the Kingdom of Light. And it's about a, uh, a more a fairly recent period of my life. I'm 25 right now. I just got married. Uh, congrats, Krista, to getting married to, to me. Congrats, <laughs> oh, thanks, Reese. congrats, Reese, uh, to getting married to Krista. But we just recently got married, and and I published this book right before, uh, right, right before getting married. Actually, just a few days before getting married. And the uh, the book is over a period of my life, uh, mo- mainly uh, college and a few years out of college, where God really flipped uh, my world upside down with my relationship with Him. I grew up Christian. I grew up in the church. And I thought I had a relationship with God for a long time. And then when I got to college, I found that a lot of my relationship and experiences I had with God were, were very religious, very performance mindset driven to where it was all about me performing and trying to do well in order to please God. And I got to college and, and through some experiences, I kind of found that uh, I didn't have much of a relationship I didn't really know God very deeply, and and uh, and God changed that. He got a hold of me, and and He changed that, and He really taught me how to be in deep relationship with Him. And I, my hope is the book will be an encouragement to the church, just to grow in intimacy, grow in in relationship with the Lord. Yeah, that's great. So, could you talk a little bit more about? You said a big theme of the book is intimacy with the Lord. Could you talk a little bit more about um, what that looks like and how believers can grow in that? Yeah, absolutely. So intimacy with the Lord is a core theme of the book, but it's not just a core theme of the book. It's also a core theme of, I believe, my entire life and my message, the message of my life. Um, I really believe God has called me to help believers and the church as a whole grow in intimacy with the Lord and grow in uh, the deepness of their relationship. Um, just because I've seen so many incredible things that come so often as a church, you know, we, we, we talk about how to get the lost people saved. We talk about, you know, if, if you're more charismatic stream, like uh, some of us in the room, talk about, you know, we want to see people healed. We want to see revival break out. We want to see these different things um, and just freedom, uh, freedom from addictions, freedom from all these things. And I just found that the first step in all of those pursuits is intimacy with the Lord. The first step really is that closeness with God, because if we're not close to God and it's not our hearts joined to God's heart, then it really, at the end of the day, it really is just a lot of human effort running around saying, we want to do stuff for God. We want to do these good things, but God is kind of really left out of the picture and it's us kind of just working. So I want to talk about how to have intimacy with God. I hope anybody listening to this today will be encouraged and, and just have a boost of faith that they can have a deep, meaningful relationship with God. The first thing I want to talk about is uh, the first key I believe that's really important to be uh, to have intimacy with God is valuing God, valuing God, 
desiring him and wanting him in a way that that's deep in a way that's real. And so to help with this, I'm going to read a little bit of scripture real fast. I'm going to read uh, from Matthew 15, just a few verses of Jesus talking. A portion of this, um, Jesus is actually quoting the Old Testament. He's quoting the book of Isaiah. Um, And he's talking to the Pharisees and he says, These people honor me only with their words, for their hearts are so very distant from me. And with that, it also makes me think of that other verse from Jeremiah 29, 13 that says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I just think that's the, the beginning of the key for wanting intimacy with the Lord. The key part of that, that verse is you will seek me and find me. God talking about him himself, his face, his presence, who he is. And I know for a long time in my relationship, I felt like I was kind of seeking God to be blessed. And I was kind of seeking God to, uh, in order to have a better life. And I sort of just seeking him for the things that maybe that he could give me. And I really feel like God has been showing me recently that he wants to know he can trust me, that if he reveals a part of his face to me, if he reveals a part of his his heart and who he is to me, that I'm going to like honor that and value it and want it and want to steward what he's given me and grow to where it's like, yes, God, I really want to be around you just for you yourself. And very poignant recent analogy for this is Chris and I's relationship. You know, we, we knew each other for, I guess, just about a year and a half before we got married. How long do we know each other? <laughs> Uh, probably about a year and a half, yeah. like a year and eight months. Yeah, a year and eight months, and then we got married. Um, and just in our grown relationship, just even when we started out being friends, this is something that Krista let me know, is that the reason why she could grow in a relationship with me and then, and then we started dating and then got engaged, and the reason even that led to that was because when she's around me, she really felt like she could trust me, that I cared about who she was, Value, valued her for who she was and was genuinely interested and and not just trying to be around her because I was, you know, I was uh, lonely and I just wanted a friend or I wanted somebody to talk to. So it's like, here, listen to all the things I have to say. Uh, let me just talk to you. Uh, but I actually listened to her and valued the things that she said and, and was interested in who she was as a person. And God is really, really similar. God is a real person. And he's the same way where if we are coming to him consistently every week, just praying and asking for what he can do for us and kind of turning him into our our servant in a lot of ways is like, God, you're here to help me have a good life. So let me just ask and ask and ask and ask, which the Bible talks about um, asking and letting your requests be known. Um, so that's, that in itself isn't wrong. But if we really want intimacy with God, we have to start coming to him saying, I want to know you for who you are just by yourself. Mm-hmm. And I value you. And even if you never bless me or give me anything, I'm going to sit in this room and talk with you and sit with you and, and listen to you. And anything that you show me, anything that you give me, any part of your face or your presence that I can feel or perceive, like I'm going to value that mm-hmm. and want that and come back the next day and pursue it more. So that's the first key. I think that's really, really important um, is, is that motivation. Do we want God for who he is um, himself or, or are we trying to search him for uh, just purely for some sort of blessing or something like that. This next part, which is is a huge theme of my book, is our hearts and our nature becoming like Christ. And so with that, I'm going to finish reading the rest of of these couple of verses here in Matthew 15. So yeah, Jesus was just talking about people honoring him with just their words, uh, but their hearts being distant from him. Down to verse 17, Jesus says, Is it hard to understand that whatever you eat enters the stomach only to pass out into the sewer, but what comes out of your mouth reveals the core of your heart? Words can pollute, not food. You will find living within an impure heart 
evil desires, murderous thoughts, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, lies, and slander. That's what pollutes a person. Eating with unwashed hands doesn't defile anyone. So what he's talking about, he's making a very distinct comparison between being outwardly focused and being inwardly focused, where the Pharisees were focused on, did you wash your hands before you ate, but not focused on what is going on inside of their heart that's already impure, what impure motives and things that they have that's, that's happening in their heart, and how is that keeping them far away from the Lord? And so when, when the Lord really started taking me on this journey to be closer to him, uh, he really started to point out to me how I'd spent most of my life basically thinking about sin and thinking about being holy and being right and sanctified only in terms of physical action. So I would think that if I can control my actions to where I'm not outwardly sinning and I'm not, you know, lying and I'm not maybe being really angry and cursing, if I'm not being lustful or doing these things that that look, you can see on the outside and they're very, you know, outward appearances. If I can restrain myself from doing those things, then I will be righteous, and then I will automatically have closeness and intimacy with the Lord because I'm not doing the wrong things. And so I did that for a long time, and I and, and for a while there, I feel like I got pretty good even at, at controlling my behavior and being really right. And that was about the time I got to college. I felt like I had a peak of kind of righteousness and holiness where I was like, yes, I've really got a handle on this whole sin thing, and I'm not I'm not really doing much sin anymore, you know, outwardly with my actions. And, uh, and with that was assuming that I would suddenly have like this great relationship with the Lord, only to find that that wasn't the case. I didn't have a relationship with the Lord just because I wasn't acting out in sin. And that led to a lot of frustration. But what God had to show me was that even though my actions were maybe a little bit more under control, my heart still was not like God. My heart was still had a lot of unforgiveness and bitterness, had a lot of hurt and pain from my childhood which was causing me to have shame and have fear, which was motivating me to, to be performance-driven and try really hard in order to not try, not try hard out of a good place, out of motivation of God loves me so much, I'm going to serve him, but more like I think I'm worthless deep down, so I'm going to try really hard to perform for God. That way I can feel like I have a sense of worth and trying to earn my own worth instead of just receiving worth from, from Christ. And, and those things are different. We don't usually think of those things as sin necessarily, but I believe they're in the same category. It's, it's we're not participating with the same nature of God. We're participating with a more sinful, a non-Christ-like nature where really we are our, our own God and our hearts. We're, we're trying to serve God with our actions, but our hearts, like the verse said, are still far from God. So in the book, I have this analogy where the whole premise of the book is taking a journey into the kingdom of God where we start when we get saved, we're, we're like on the outskirts of the kingdom and we're, we're walking forward to the very center of the kingdom. We want to be as close to God as possible. And so in all of our, our actions and our thoughts and our beliefs, we're trying to get closer and closer to the center of, of God and be, and be more like him and, and let him turn us into his image. And so I talk about how there's these pitfalls like unforgiveness, like unhealthy views of God, pitfalls like uh, performance mentality, which I'll get into even more in a sec, where we, get, we fall into one of these things and then we start... We, we're just doing the Christian life and we're, we're trying to get closer to God and we're doing a lot of movement. We're going to church a lot. Maybe we're praying a lot and do these different things. But it's like we're stuck in a pit. And so we're walking, but we're just walking around in a circle. I and mean, we're not really growing in, in relationship with God. We're not getting closer because we've gotten hung up maybe on unforgiveness or maybe on uh, anger or shame or fear. And as long as we're ignoring those things and kind of keeping them under the surface and just saying, nope, we're good. We're you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saved, I'm in Jesus, which is true and, and, and is a true statement to say. 
but we need to recognize that the Holy Spirit, part of his job is he's actually wants to sanctify not just our actions, but also our hearts. So if we really listen to him, we'll find that he's pointing out, he's like, hey, there's a, you got some fear here. You got some, you got some insecurity here. You got some, some uh, performance mindset here where you're trying to earn my love instead of just receiving it. And you think your worth is based on this. And so um, I'm trying to root this out. And so I've just found that if you want to grow in intimacy with the Lord, you have to be able to go on that journey with the Holy Spirit and start to get kind of vulnerable with him and say, okay, Lord, where in my heart is, is there something that's kind of off? So I know you've shared some stories in the past about just what that looks like. Can you give an example of what, what it looks like to go on that journey with the Lord to, to uproot those kinds of things that you're talking about that um, hinder any kind of intimacy that we have with the Lord? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll give a, a quick example. So this is after I started coming into a little bit more of a, a real relationship with the Lord, and I started getting kind of intentional because I wanted to be—I want to be closer to the Lord. I want to—I want to help help the Holy Spirit uproot these things. Because the first one was that was the performance mentality that I had of like, you know, my worth is based on my own actions. Then God really had to kind of intervene and and disprove that to me. And His love showed me, oh my goodness, it's not based on my own actions. But that wasn't intentional. That was really just the Lord getting my intention, you know, I, I, my attention, I was intentional to pray and seek the Lord, but I didn't know what was going on really until the, the Holy Spirit worked that out in my heart. But later on, I felt like the Holy Spirit started to show me things and it was up to me to go, okay, I'm going to go on this journey. And uh, so here's one. In college at one point, uh, some of my anger issues started to flare up again. And and that was, again, back to that actions thing. That was something I was trying really hard my whole life was like, if anytime I was really angry, I would just be like, okay, actions, I need to I need to try to be less angry. And my prayer would be, God, help me be less angry. You know, help me not blow up and do this this angry thing again. Um, whenever I get really frustrated at somebody, help me not to be angry and just kind of blow off the handle like this. And then finally, it happened real bad again one time in college where I got really angry during this like sporting event thing and yelled at a bunch of people and then afterwards immediately regretted it. And everybody forgave me and it was okay, but it was really bothering my heart of like, I'm growing a relationship with the Lord but I still have this thing going on and I don't know why. Well, at that point, I started going on this. I'd already been on this journey a little bit. And so instead of just doing the simple prayer of God, help me be less angry. Instead, I changed my prayer and I said, Holy Spirit, help me see why I'm angry. Help me see why this happens. What What is it inside of me that when this situation happens, what is it poking to where it, it, it that anger just comes up and, and comes out like that, mm-hmm. to where it almost feels uncontrollable, you know, because it did. It, it felt like right. this uncontrollable thing that was that surpassed, you know, just being a little mad or being a little frustrated. And so I would say that's the first step, really, is instead of ignoring and just pushing back down, when, when you see something, when something starts to come up in your behavior and your actions a little bit, and you're like, ooh, that's, I don't really like that. I'm going to try not to ever do that again. Instead, go, okay, Holy Spirit, what is happening on the inside to where I are, where like what's in my heart, like like Jesus said, what's in my heart that's defiling me mm-hmm. that would even cause that to come up. So I started I started intentionally asking the Holy Spirit. I started praying and asking Him, and I asked Him for about a week every day for about a week. I would just pray and ask the Lord, you know, show me. And and I felt like He was bringing to my mind um, times in the past when I had reacted in a very similar way, right? And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I'm reacting in the same way in a similar situation. And I began to see He was showing me that the situation was I would I felt helpless any situation it wasn't just it wasn't just a frustrating situation it was a situation where i felt somebody was out to get me 
and I was helpless and I couldn't do anything to protect myself. Mm-hmm. And so I started praying and asking God, well, why does that hurt me so much? Why, what's up with that? Why does that make me so mad? And then one night, it was about a week after I started praying and asking the Holy Spirit for this, I was sleeping and the Holy Spirit gave me a dream. And in my dream, I saw myself as probably about five or six years old. And I was watching myself. I, I wasn't five or six in the dream. I, I was full grown, but I was watching five-year-old, six-year-old Reese. And uh, I have a lot of siblings, but in this dream, I had uh, my two older brothers um, were kind of picking on me and they were, they were messing with me and they were picking on me. And I just want to preface and say, I have a great family. I have great <laughs> brothers and sisters, but nobody's family is perfect. And so we all have things that happen to us that God wants to heal and he wants to reverse. Um, no matter if your family life was great or matter if it was really bad, um, he wants to heal those things. So in this instance, he brought this memory t- to me where I was literally watching five or six-year-old Reese in the stream being picked on and, and kind of bullied by my older siblings, by my older brothers. And there was nobody around. My parents weren't around at the time. There was nobody there protecting me. Mm-hmm. And I saw like five-year-old Reese do this thing like in his heart where he, he his face changed and he just said to himself, I'm going to do whatever it takes to protect myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let, if I when I get bigger, I'm not going to let people push me around like this. I'm not going to let people hurt me and take advantage of me. I'm going to protect myself. And it was this choosing of bitterness when I was a kid that happened. And I didn't know what was happening when I was a kid, but that's what I did, you know, because I didn't know, I didn't know what else to do. It didn't seem like somebody was there to protect me. So I chose bitterness um, rather than helplessness. And then the dream ended, the, the, the image faded away. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just asked me, do you want me to take this from you? Are you willing to forgive your brothers? And so I was still asleep. I was still in my dream, I guess, half asleep or whatever. But I just said out loud in my sleep, yes, Holy Spirit, I forgive my brothers. I want you to take this from me. Um, I don't want to carry this bitterness around anymore. And I, and I went back to sleep or, or back into, you know, no, no, no dream sleep or however that works. And then the morning time I woke up and I, oh, for a little bit, I didn't even remember that it happened. And I woke up and I just had this incredible feeling of joy in the, in the morning time and freedom. And I got out of bed. And I started giggling and I was I was so happy. And I was like, hey, why am I having such a good morning? And then I remembered what had happened last night and just thought that was real. That was real. That actually made a difference. And my heart is more like Jesus now because yeah. it's not carrying around that bitterness. I'm actually, and then from that moment on, I could tell my relationship with God changed. The reason why seeking healing for those things is so important is because when we have, when something like that has happened to us, and, you know, and it could be a lot worse um, than what happened to me, and we're carrying that around. It's not like uh, we have pain and so God doesn't want to be close to us. That's not what's happening. What's happening is, because um, if you're saved, if you've, if you've received Jesus, God's already forgiven you of, of any sin. And so it's not like he's trying to stay away from us because we have sin or we're messed up in our hearts. And what's happening is you, the bitterness that we're carrying there is a part of our heart that God wants. He wants us to open up to him and say, here, God, come into this part of my heart too. Don't just have that part of my heart. I want you to have all of it. I want you to have this part. I want to, I want to interact with you in this part of myself. And it's, and, but when it's hurt and it feels like we need to protect ourselves in that area because we were hurt in that area, then it's like a part of our heart is closed up. And when we pray and we say, God, have everything deep down in our hearts, that hurt part is saying, but not this place. Mm-hmm. Like, God, you can be in everywhere else, but where I'm hurt and I've experienced this pain, I don't trust people, you know? And so you're not coming in here. Um, and we don't do that intentional. That's that's not a conscious thought. I never thought to myself, because my older brothers picked on me when I was really young, I'm not going to let God into this area of my heart. I never thought that. It was completely unconscious. But that's why 
that journey of asking the Holy Spirit, what is in my heart? I mean, I love the, the verse in Psalms where David says, seek my heart, God, seek my heart, search my heart, see if there's anything basically not right within me mm-hmm. and show it to me. And that's that's just part of the journey is, is asking the Holy Spirit the same exact question, seek my heart and, and knowing that it's for our good. Um, and it's not just about, just because it's the right thing to do. It's, it's also because we will be more free mm-hmm. and we'll be able to experience a freer relationship with the Lord as we do that. Yeah. Something that, something that I've been surprised by in the past is even just realizing how personal our pain is to the Lord. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but I, I just remember us being together one night and having a kind of a hard day and, and telling you that I had the actually had the thought of not liking myself and and even just admitting that to you was kind of hard. It was kind of like admitting it to myself too and not denying it or pushing it down, but actually um, acknowledging it and and kind of offering it up like, hey, this is a real thing. Uh, this is a real pain I have. And I just remember feeling like the Lord said thank you, like he was thankful that I, I gave that up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, offer that up to him or just realized it so that he could come in and heal it. So just, it's amazing how it's not like he's, he's distancing himself. It's, he wants to be close. He wants to heal. Yeah. 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 And that's why, yeah, that's why the Holy Spirit's so helpful on this journey is because it's not just about us. Mm-hmm. It's about him. Yeah. He loves us and he wants to be closer to us. Yeah. So every bit of place where we're willing to say, okay, God, I'm hurt here can you heal this? Like you said, he's saying, thank you. Yes. I've been waiting for you to give me permission. I've been waiting for you to open this up and say, I God, I really want you to heal this area of my heart so that I can come in and, and do that. And that's just one thing I found is like the Holy spirit is he's so kind. He's so gentlemanly in that way, you know, and that, and that sometimes that can feel a little bit of a disadvantage to us. Cause we're like, okay, God, whatever you want to do, just do it. You know, like we don't like just, I just give you permission. Just do it. And he's like, no, you actually have to give me permission. You actually have to be real and look inside your heart and say, okay, this really hurts, but can you deal with this thing specifically? And then he's like, okay, yes, I can deal with that thing specifically. You know, we have to be engaged. And and part of that is because he wants to have a real relationship with us. And I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna go into talking about this because it it has to do with us us and our relationship. And and I, I just think that's amazing. I mean, I've only been married for how long have we been married? A month and a half. Yeah. <laughs> but just the the marriage relationship is so much mirrors our relationship with the Lord, and and I feel, I love that. I feel like that's what He wants mm-hmm. with us is He wants that kind of journey, real relationship with us, where we're growing and learning things with us instead of just okay, God, whatever you want to take care of, just do it instantaneously. So I don't I don't want to worry about it. It's like He wants to be engaged. He wants us to be engaged with Him with what He's doing. Yeah. So it makes me think about. Just this year, so this isn't even in the book, but just this year, God's really been um, growing in my heart. <sighs> yeah, it's just about my own personal weakness um, as a human and how that is a good thing and not a bad thing in the sense of um, we are weak as humans. We, we make mistakes and our, our worth does not come from what we can do and what we can accomplish. Our worth comes from what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And so with that, God has showed me how all these places in my heart where I've told myself I am strong and I can do this and whether it's my career or whether it's, you know, getting married and having a great marriage or 
or whatever it is, thinking this is up to me, this is my responsibility, and if I don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. It's it's all up to me. It's my responsibility, and and that's that's kind of a a, a fake human we, uh, strength that I'm holding on to in that area and saying that I'm strong, I can do it. And I, and I thought it was godly. I thought, I thought what I was doing was godly because I thought I was like, okay, God, you're enabling me to be strong. Mm -hmm. I'm praying and asking you to help me and you're helping me. So this is a godly thing. And now I'm going to go out there and and be strong and be successful. And he had to show me that what was happening in my heart was actually a little backwards where it wasn't God was my God and he's the one being strong. And I'm just kind of along for the ride, which is what it should be. It's he's the one, he's our strength. He's our worth. Instead, it was, I'm my God. I'm my source and God's just kind of there to help me be a better version of myself. (laughs) But in the end, it's really up to me to make it happen. It's up to me to succeed so that I can have a sense of worth where God, he just started peeling back layers and layers and showing me, actually, if I want to be free and I want to be close to him, what I have to do is start with is acknowledging my weakness and acknowledge I am not perfect. I don't have it all together. I'm not, I can't do this by myself. It's not up to me. I actually need to surrender to God and say, God, my worth does not come from these things that I do. My worth doesn't come from my success or how much money I have or how well our relationship is going um, between Krista and I. My worth comes from you, Jesus, what you did on the cross, being your kid. And that's the crazy thing about being a kid, God's kid is kids are kind of useless. <laughs> you know, they don't, you know, as, a, as a, if you have a little kid, uh, the parent's not going, oh my gosh, you don't do anything, little kid. You're not working and earning money and you're not, you're not really adding much value to this household. You know, you're not doing the dishes and whatnot. But a little kid, that's, that's the point is why God calls us his, his children, his kids, is because we have inherent value to him just being who he made us to be. And that's so pivotal because if you start from there, then when you're pursuing your calling, you're doing the things that God has called you to do, you start from a place of worth. You start from a place of, I'm so valuable to the Lord and he loves to partner with me and loves to to lead me and and do these things with me, go on callings, have a career, have a family, all these things. But these things are not giving me my sense of worth. I start with a sense of worth from what God did, what Jesus did on the cross and, and how his love for me. And beyond that, you know, life is fun and life is free. Um, but I was not living in that place. Even, you know, from January to now, God has just had me on this deeper journey where I thought I was I was done with the whole performance mindset thing. I was thought I was done with the whole, my worth comes from what I do and I'm going to perform for the Lord. But it's it's like he, he brought it up another layer deep in my heart again, where it's, it's like, I love, I can't remember which verse it is. There's another verse in the Bible that talks about man not even knowing what's in his own heart. You know, it's like, who knows the heart of man? It's deceitful. It's whatever, you know, but God does. God knows the heart. And so that's so key because even with yourself thinking like, okay, I'm good now. Mm-hmm. God, you took me through this this journey of, of getting closer to you. So now I don't have any problems, you know, for the rest of my life. And, yeah. and boom, you know, come January, God's showing me, actually, you are being your own God. You are, you're trying really hard and in your own strength and you're far from me in this area. Um. And, uh, and you can talk about this if you have anything to say about it, but I just want to throw that back to our relationship was, was God had to show me that I was carrying some of your burdens, mm-hmm. um, and not just my own, um, but I was also carrying some of my own burdens and God showed me that that was actually sinful. That was, I was not supposed to be doing that, carrying my own burdens and my own strength, carrying your burdens as well. Mm-hmm. And I started getting really stressed out. Um, and I think it was affecting my health. 
And uh, God really had to show me that I needed to repent to you and confess my weakness uh, as a good thing and saying, hey, I'm actually weak as a human and I'm not supposed to carry your burdens and my burdens, but let's lay these burdens down to God the Father and have him carry them for us. And so that was an uncomfortable conversation and there was a lot of crying, I remember, but I... I it literally was this weird thing where I had to come to you and say, Hey, I'm really weak and I'm sorry. I was pretending to be strong. Mm-hmm. I was sorry. I've been in my own strength trying to carry all of our own burdens and have all the responsibility on me. And yeah. And, and, and in that our relationship deepened a little bit because mm-hmm. that, that's, what's crazy. Our relationship deepened yeah. because I was honest and because I gave up some of my own, the God complex I had of mm-hmm. it's up to me, I must do it. It's it's all up to me and said, no, it's up to God. I'm going to give him the responsibility. Um, and that deepened our relationship and it also deepened my relationship with God. It's amazing how intimacy works like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I just remember being a little surprised by what you shared just because it wasn't, it, it's, not, it's not always an overt thing of like I'm feeling this certain way or not trusting the Lord in a certain way that he's called us to and um, but yeah, as far as w- when you expressed weakness, I just remember being honestly more relieved and comforted than, than anything you were probably expecting the opposite. But I just remember thinking, that's great. I'm weak too. And realizing the freedom that we have to lean on the Lord and, and lean on his strength and not even trust in each other, not even need another person necessarily to rely on or provide or, you know, take care. Obviously we do those things, but that's not the source of it. It's still him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think a good way to kind of wrap up some of these ideas is to talk about uh, our recent wedding that we had. Um, I've got at least one story from it that, that kind of goes with some of these things that we're talking about, but we got, we got married on, on May 10th. Um, and we knew we were getting on married on May 10th. We were planning our, our wedding for a good six months or more. So as everybody knows, uh, there was something going on during May 10th that's still going on, which is uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so our wedding plans really got changed to where um, starting in November, we really started planning really um, Diligent. diligently yeah. a, a large wedding, a large, big old wedding with you know, maybe has lots of friends. Yeah. <laughs> and we invited, you know, 300 plus people or whatever, 300 people. And we were gonna have a big wedding here in Oklahoma City. And as it got closer and closer to the wedding, that started becoming less and less likely of happening. And it's like, okay, how long is this COVID-19 thing gonna last? And how bad is it gonna be? And then there was the restrictions put in here in Oklahoma. And we had to make that decision. And we made the final decision very close about a month out, I think. from the from the wedding just a few weeks away from the wedding we made the decision to completely change obviously it wasn't possible anymore it was okay the the restrictions are going to be still in place and and this isn't a possibility and so a month out from the wedding we had to to do the switch and say okay we're going to have a small wedding very small wedding um, immediate family immediate groomsmen bridesmaids situation and Mm -hmm. and we're not going to use our venue that we were going to use we're going to get married outside in a field somewhere and and then ask our church, see if they could let us have a little party afterwards. And, and everything really kind of got switched up. But it was amazing. There was God's grace was so evident in how it turned out and a lot of the things that, that ended up happening. 
but back to what we were talking about with with strength and and weakness and re- relying on the Lord, um, I, even the wedding, God was using it to kind of break me down and and stop being my own God and stop being my own source um, and and really lean into that intimacy and saying that my value and everything I need in my life comes from the Lord. And I just want to say that real fast, that that really is the point of intimacy with God and growing with intimacy with God is we want to get to that point where our life is God. He's our life source. And the, Jesus talks about being a river, an endless river that flows out of us. And as long as we're holding on to something else to be that river and something else to be that source, even if it's just me, it's just myself saying, I'm my own source. It's I'm my life. I'm the source of my life, you know, in, in these different ways, then we're missing out on that. We're missing out on that where God becomes our everything and he becomes our life. And whether, you know, it's a good day or a bad day or, or um, whether there's a pandemic going on that's ruining your wedding or, or whatever it is that happens to be, the joy and the peace is still there because God's life is constant. It's a constant flow. But I was struggling and wasn't didn't really have that. That wasn't wasn't really going on in my heart um, a few days before the wedding. And so, the day before the wedding, we had kind of a a small rehearsal dinner. Although we didn't have a rehearsal for the wedding, we just had a just the, a dinner. Just the dinner. <laughs> but there was all these little details and things to do, and and people were coming in from out of town, just immediate family, and and they were coming over to uh, to my house, and and I was staying with the, uh, my sister and and her husband and. So we were planning the dinner and having people over and all that. And there was just that that thing I was carrying where it was, I didn't realize I was carrying where basically I felt like the responsibility of the wedding was on me. And it was a re- how the wedding turned out was a reflection of who I am, a reflection of my worth. How and so enjoyed it. Yeah, exactly. So if it turned out really well and it was it was a good event, then I was gonna feel good about myself. And it turned out bad then I was going to feel bad about myself. And the COVID-19 thing really threw a wrench in that because all of a sudden there was all these elements I couldn't control and everything was changed to where it was really doing a doozy on my heart where that my heart was desperately wanting to regain a sense of control and regain a sense of I'm good at this. It's it's my responsibility. I, I'm strong. I can do this. And I just didn't have that luxury to be able to do that, which I really feel like was God was, he was taking advantage of that to get at something in my heart. And so the day before the wedding, we were doing all the planning and whatnot, and we finally got to when the dinner was supposed to be happening. And just right before everybody showed up, I kind of came to my the end of my rope to where I wasn't feeling, I just feel, couldn't feel like I could do it anymore. I, was, I, was, I had been going so hard trying to gain a sense of control that it just felt like something in my brain kind of snapped. Yeah. And then everybody showed up and your parents showed up and people started being there like, okay, we're here for the dinner. And I was just standing there staring at people. And it was like, my brain wasn't working anymore and I couldn't talk. And I went and like cried in the bathroom. And then I just realized, I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to go sit down and have like a good dinner and talk to people. Like I can't even, uh, my brain feels broken. Like I can't even focus. And so I left the house I don't even remember if I told you what I was doing. I don't think no, I did. No, I, I had no idea. Was I just on. left the house and I went for a walk and I went and sat in a field close to our house and cried and prayed and just tried to regain a sense of uh, feeling human um, because I felt so so worn out and so out of myself. And I was eventually able to go back and be m- mostly kind of present for the rest of the uh, mm-hmm. for the rest of the evening. Um, but I had to sit in a field and, and relax for a good half hour, missing a good portion of the dinner, even just to do that. And, uh, yeah, I was just, again, going back to that again, when something like that happens, instead of feeling really guilty and bad about it, I think that's, what's really smart is to ask the Holy spirit, 
what led to that? You know, why did that even occur? What was going on in my heart for a long time where that would occur? And again, just going back, God used it to point out even more, hey, I didn't want that to happen. You were doing that to yourself by trying to have an unhealthy sense of control and feeling like your worth comes from your performance and via the performance of the wedding, via the performance of whatever it was. And so there was more I had, even after the wedding and us getting married, there was more I had to give up. And there still is more that I need to give up and say that, God, you are my life, you are my source, and I'm not my own source. Uh, my value does not come from the things that I do. My value comes from you, Jesus. And the exterior things of my life, like my career and my finances and even my marriage, is not the thing that's holding me up and giving me a sense of worth. It's you. It's you, God. You're the one that is giving me that life and giving me that sense of worth. You want to talk about the wedding at all or anything? Yeah, sure. Just what it was like trying to Yeah, go for out. it. Yeah. I Reese mentioned just the the changes that all had to happen with the coronavirus happening now and just having to scale down from a large event to a small event and you know, it's one of those things where Yes, we were excited to celebrate with lots of people and it was a discouragement, but it was also, it ended up being a really good thing. Like kind of one of those things where it's like, I'm glad I wasn't con in control of this. And again, just realizing that the Lord is the source and, and you know, how he works everything for good. And it just ended up being a really beautiful thing. We had really close friends and our closest family members that we were able to really visit with and focus on and and be with and share mm -hmm. a meal with. And we had more time to kind of just soak in the day together. And, and it was really beautiful. You know, even just having it in a random park in a grassy field, we, we just couldn't believe how well that worked out even. Like there weren't a whole lot of people around or it wasn't noisy and... Um, we had the space to ourselves. Mm -hmm. It ended up being really sweet, really intimate, and really beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. The whole thing for me is, is just kind of a testament. Um, it's like a, it's like a mental picture. I feel like for the rest of our lives, um, it's kind of like the, the, the words is the, the plans of man. Um, oh, I'm gonna mess up this verse. Sorry, no, it's something about the plans of man. You know, oh, that's what it was. Man, man, man makes a bunch of plans, basically, but the plans Lord. of God are the ones that are going to end up working out. Is, is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a different one. But anyway, oh, I'm messing that up. But the, the 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 gist of the verse is man makes a bunch of plans, but in the end, it's really God's plans that's going to end up working out. And I just feel like that's going to be a mental picture for the rest of our life and the rest of our marriage, um, that even if the things that we kind of planned or thought, okay, it's going to be like this, and then it doesn't turn out that way, mm -hmm. like you said, God works everything out for our good. And we can trust him. And that's even an opportunity. That's, I guess, sometimes our disappointments are blessings, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That sometimes we think, oh no, this thing that I wanted to happen didn't happen. But I in know the, best. And, so and I know it best. Should go but, this way. but in that, if we really lean into, again, that intimacy with the Lord and say, Lord, what are you doing right now? God can turn that into a blessing and something mm -hmm. that we wouldn't have, we never would have experienced or, or seen or, or a way, a new way to relate to the Lord that we wouldn't have had. Right. If it wasn't for that thing that right. that in the moment seemed kind of hard or seemed kind of like a disappointment. Yeah. Do you want to close us out with praying? Yeah. Yeah. I'll. I'll uh, I'm going to pray for anybody that's listening, and I don't want everyone that's listening to, to to go on that journey like we're going on still to get closer to the Lord, grow in intimacy with the Lord, and and really find 
healing and emotional healing from anything that's happened in their past. Dear Jesus, we just thank you for this time um, and this awesome conversation that I get to have um, with my beautiful wife. And I just thank you for every person that's listening to this conversation right now, Lord. Um, And I thank you, Lord, that you have a beautiful, intimate relationship planned out for them with you that is different and unique for who they are, um, that you want to connect with them in the ways in which you've made them. And so that their relationship is not going to look exactly like other people's relationships with you, Father, because you've made them uniquely and you want to connect with them uniquely. Um, So I just pray over the listeners right now and I just, um, yeah, I just speak life and healing over them. And I just ask Holy Spirit that you would begin to work this out in their heart. If there is any place um, where they're experiencing pain from the past, if there's any place where um, their heart is far from you just in the way that um, it's trying to protect itself, just in the way that uh, um, that it's carrying either maybe some bitterness or unforgiveness or, or just carrying something that's a little unhealthy, um, I just ask Holy Spirit that you would be that good, good friend, that good comforter, that good teacher, um, and bring those things to light so that they can see them and, and know what's happening there in their heart and give them, surrender them to the Lord, and that um, they would experience that healing that only comes from your blood, uh, and that times of refreshing would come over them, Lord, and that and that through that, through that experiencing that healing um, and that comfort th- through you, Holy Spirit, that they would come into a deeper relationship with Jesus, and that would just change everything in their lives. And yeah, we just thank you, Jesus, for your word that says that you are a spring of life, And so I just speak that over every listener, Lord, that your spring, that your living waters will begin to flow from their bellies and flow into every portion of their life, um, that they can give up being their own gods, they can give up being their own source, and they can really accept you as the true source of their life and find that love and life and freedom. In your name, Jesus, I pray all of these things. Amen. Thanks for listening to Burn. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can check out more of my stuff at my website, holdingfireblog.com. I've got a blog. I've got a book. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Reese Black Holding Fire. That's a Facebook and Instagram. And you can find my book on Amazon. It's called Out of the Shadows, A Journey into the Kingdom of Light. And I'll see you back here for the next episode. Until then, don't forget to burn and God bless.